Welcome to this week's podcast episode, episode 17, I believe, of season two, which is crazy. That means I have been doing this for 17 weeks, give or take one or two weeks that I've missed, um, which feels like a long time, but I think I started this back in March, like up again, started this new season, which... I mean, I guess that is like a a good chunk of time to stick to something, so I am proud of myself for the consistency. Anyway, um, welcome to this week's podcast episode. As you can tell from the title of this, I want to chat about my daily non-negotiable like must-haves for my daily routines, things that I have kind of integrated as daily healthy habits, must-haves, like healthy habits, I think, that I like to incorporate throughout my day that help me stay motivated, productive, or have a better day. And I've, I've been through a lot of like trial and error, figuring out what works best. And I'm also human and I do not stick to these like every single day. Like I'm not going to list off all of these healthy things and try to tell you that all of my days look like this because it doesn't, but um, I know I'm going to have a really solid day when I'm able to achieve like 80, 90% of things that I list off 100% if I'm having the best day. Um, And I thought it would be kind of fun to chat about this because I really love watching productive like morning vlogs on YouTube that has that center focus of like my daily non-negotiables because it is kind of motivating and inspiring to kind of see what to incorporate into my own routine and it makes you feel more put together yourself for some reason like watching somebody else talk about like their life being put together it it does something it like makes me feel like mine also can be that way so this was also on my Instagram's poll a few weeks ago when I was asking, you know, what episode do you want to listen to next? One about my streams of revenue or one about my daily like must-haves in my healthy habit routines. And this one was a very close winner. I think it was like 48, 49% of people voted for this. So I do really hope that you enjoy this episode and I'm so excited to chat about this. I want to also kind of make a YouTube vlog showing all of these someday, maybe like in the fall. I feel like in the fall, people have almost like a reset productive routine of either going back to school or um, if you work less in the summer, if you're a teacher, I guess that is like back to school employment wise. But um, I feel like people just are trying to relax more in the summer. But, you know, it's like time to time to get everything, get your ish together in the fall. And it's like that last quarter, that last chunk of the year where you want to be productive and get some stuff done. So I think I might make this into like a fall vlog of my daily routine habits must haves. Um, but the podcast always gets all the news and sneak peek first because I also do or sneak peeks. When I am thinking too fast, I feel like only half of the words come out sometimes, but I feel like I also do want to make a streams of revenue YouTube video, but God knows when that video is going to come out. So the podcast always hears things first, um, but I feel like we're just a bit more of like an intimate family over here, which I love. But at the beginning of all my podcast episodes, I love to do a quick weekly recap of what's been going on this week, 
and all of that. So I hope everyone had an awesome week. I cannot believe how fast July is flying by. I hate that we are in the last bit of July because August always has such a fleeting feeling to it and it makes me so sad and it's hard to live in the moment when you have basically the Sunday scaries the whole month of August and we're, we're, we're inching there. We're getting really close. Um, but I'm trying to make the most out of, out of it and I'm definitely staying busy like plans on plans on plans because I just want to soak up as many summer days as I can and I want to have a lot of like summer memories of things that just make this time feel that much more special. So uh, this last week um, on Friday night I went to TC Summerfest at the Twins Stadium downtown in Minneapolis. It was so fun. It's like a little city's music festival event. Um, I was actually invited by like a brand event rep coordinator. I'm not sure what her title would be, but she found me on Instagram and basically just offered me attendance in exchange for like posting the event, promoting it on my stories and all of that, which I'm so grateful for. I think that's such like a crazy cool blessing or bonus um, that I was offered and I wanted to really make sure that I took like full appreciation of that. Um, I was able to invite three of my friends to, she gave me four tickets. So I took my partner Ashton and then some other friends and it was honestly so fun. So I'm trying to think back there, how many bands there were that night. Let me Google it real quick because honestly I went for two of the bands. Like I knew two of the bands really well and that's what I was looking forward to, but there were some more kind of like openers. Um, that I wasn't too familiar with. So let me just quickly look up so I don't uh, mispronounce any of these bands. Okay. Yam House, Cannons, and then Death Cab for Cutie, which I was really excited to see. The Flaming Lips, which was so fun to watch live. And then The Killers were the big headliners of the night and their performance was really great. That was so cool. I've also never seen like a concert inside the Twin Stadium downtown. I mean, I've gone for like baseball games, but it was really fun. I got um, pretty good seats, like great view, super fun, like summer vibes. You know, we got some beer and fries and had an outdoor concert, like the best. So that was Friday night. And then basically this weekend, nothing too crazy. Ashton and I looked at a few open houses kind of for fun, kind of to see what's out there. Um, especially in the summer, there's so many open houses right now. And we are kind of in the early process or Ashton is in the early process of buying a house within like the next year or so. So we're just trying to see what is what he um, might want in a home, you know, like looking at houses to determine what is on your must-haves list for your own home. But it's just fun. I love looking at houses. I love seeing what's on the market. I love comparing like prices. So we went to like six open houses on Sunday, which was really fun. And it was surprising how like how I want to say like overpriced these houses were for what they were. Like usually when we go, there's one or two houses that are our favorites or we'll talk about, but we didn't find a single like good home this time. I will say um, there was one house that I 
I really liked for a specific reason that had nothing to do with the home. We looked at this one house that was going for, I believe, 1.8 million or was it eight? Yeah, yeah. It was super overpriced for what it was, but it was like a very modernized, new uh, develop, like development type of thing. And um, usually houses that price do not offer public open houses either. So I was very shocked to see that they were even having one. Um, but it was a very like cold, concrete um, industrial style renovation. And then everything inside was furnished like an Ikea home with an Ikea furniture, Ikea kitchen, like everything just felt really cheap. Um, and none of the bedrooms had walls because it was built inside this like box basically. And it was, it's right. It has like great landscaping, huge yard, obviously like it's a big property, but it was very disappointing inside. Oh my gosh. And the stairs were bright yellow. Like what? They were like the type of material at a playground too, with like all the holes in it. It's like that you walk on that the whole park sometimes is made out of. I don't know how to describe it, but like it hurts your feet to walk on barefoot and um, it's bright yellow. So there was like a lot of random stuff like that where it's like, I cannot believe that's the case. But this house facing like the backyard, they did try to build a fence, but when you go upstairs, you can see it. It's right against the rail, the railway, railroad, railroad in Minneapolis and we asked the real estate agent like how many times a day does that train go by and he said three and I, it's got to be so loud and then there was a bunch of construction too next to the train and I guess they're building a like station like pickup drop-off location for um, a light rail development so another like public transportation so I can see like why they might be trying to sell before that goes in, but um, it's just going to be loud, I think. But I will say for that house, I don't know how, why I went on such a long tangent about it. That house had a cat and I was so shocked to see this orange cat sleeping on the couch. It was a busy open house. Like there were a lot of people there looking at the home and then Ashton just like points out the couch and there's this, you know, old fat cat in a perfect circle, fast asleep, and I could not believe it was real at first. I thought it was a prop for staging the home because he was just like not moving. But you could like tell the cat was breathing. And after I noticed that cat right there in the living room, I did not want to look at the rest of the house. Like I was on the couch. I put my hand out to the cat and, you know, it accepted my offer. It gave me a lot of kisses. I got a bath. Like the cat licked my whole hand clean. Um, so sweet. I talked to the real estate agent more about the cat than Ashton did about the house, but um, the cat was 17 years old and his name was Kitty Cry Cry. His owners were currently in Italy, which again, oh my gosh, like selling a home for 1.8 million in Minneapolis and then summering in Italy without the cat. What? Um, but I guess the owners like didn't know what to do with the cat. So the real estate agent literally said that if somebody bought the house and wanted to keep the cat, they would like let the cat stay in the home. I was jokingly telling Ashton we need to put an offer in right now if the cat comes with the house. Um, but it was so sweet and I was so excited to see a cat that day. Not like I own two cats myself, but it was so fun. Um, so I will say that might be like my favorite house we looked at simply because I got to pet a cat. Um, 
And then uh, we went to trivia this weekend. So really chill weekend, really nice, spent a lot of quality time. And we watched a couple of really cool documentaries and movies over the weekend that I'll get to at the end of this podcast, but nothing too crazy. Now this week, I did have my second official book club meeting, which was so fun. We went to Cream and Amber in Hopkins, which is this really cool um, little bookshop, coffee shop, um, slash like not really a full on brewery, but like they do have a lot of beer on tap and wine if you want, and then some food. So it was so cool. And their books were like decently priced like they had used books for like eight bucks so it was really cool um i got to meet some more members in the book club and honestly like i'm just getting great vibes and i'm so grateful that um my friend decided to start this pot this oh my gosh this book book club because um it's so nice to just be able to chat with people about some books that i've read or books i want to read and i don't know i guess that is it sounds so self self self-explanatory but it's like such a, a refreshing, positive, like female energy and conversation with like other girls that I have been missing, I guess, since like my last core female friend group. It does like when I, I don't know, it, it, it like reminds me of back when I had like a solid group of girlfriends in high school and I like have always kind of known that I haven't had that since. Or no, I guess when I was waitressing at this restaurant, I did too. But it's just going to be really nice to have like a nice little girl, girl hang once a month and chat books and movies and whatever. And everyone seems really awesome. And um, I'm just so excited for that. So this, I guess, okay, usually I talk about books and movies at the end of the podcast episode, so I will save it. Um, But we did pick out our book for this next month and we chatted about the book we read last month um and then other than that it's just been work i'm trying to get ahead for youtube content because i have travels coming up like literally every single weekend i'm a little bit stressed but you know it's all fun things and i've wanted to do it so i cannot complain but if i want to stay consistent and actually earn money i do have to try to pick up the pace on my actual work here. So um, I've just been trying to catch up on YouTube content, prep some Instagram stuff, brand deadlines, and I've actually been getting a lot of tarot reading bookings lately, which is awesome. Um, So I've been doing a lot of readings throughout the week, which I love so much. And if you did not know, I do offer tarot readings for anybody. I'll make like a video of it. I'll record the reading and then also send you pictures. So This way, you've got the pictures to follow along of the spreads, and then you have this video so that you can look back at it whenever you want, Um, especially if it's, like, talking about, like, the next year, couple of months, if you ever want to go back and see how accurate it was. It's, like, great to have because I know I've gotten readings before where after, like, a few days or even, like, an hour, I'll forget some details that um, the person giving me the reading has said, so I just want to make sure you've got everything. But I do offer, like, a couple of different pricing options for this, and it just varies on, like, length of the reading and how many tools or decks or cards are used. But it's been so fun, and I do love, like, gathering messages um, for people that are looking for clarity or hope or guidance. Like, 
Readings can definitely provide um, clarity if you are torn or confused or looking for guidance for a situation. Or it's also like a really great gift. I know this one girl had a reading last week and then she decided to gift her sister a reading for her sister's birthday. And birthdays are like an awesome time to do a reading to see like what is coming in store for this next cycle around the sun and what that year will have in store for you basically. So um, I did a reading this morning which went really well and it's so crazy cool when I do a reading and like something comes to me or I've got like some sort of phrase or feeling or something is just on my mind and I'm talking about it and then the person gives me the feedback and is able to fill in the blanks about like why I had that feeling or how spot on something was or if you know like an Aquarius like card pops up and they are able to tell me that that's what they are or their partner is or whatever like it is really cool and I love doing it it is something that like I have to be in such a good mental like healthy energy place to do so um I try my best to like prioritize or mornings work really well if I am giving a reading because like the day has just started so I feel refreshed and I just have to make sure I've eaten and I've had something to drink and I have not been drinking alcohol because that can definitely interfere with like the messages received. But um, I did one of those today and got that sent over and then I've got one more booked for this week. Um, So yeah, I guess it's just, I mean, we did just have a new moon two days ago. So maybe that's why it's like the start of a new cycle might have a lot of people wanting some clarity on some things in the middle of summer. I'm not sure. Kind of like comes in waves, but I've been doing a lot of those and I went to the pool for a little bit today with a friend and honestly, I got way too much sun. I was looking at my tattoos and saying sorry to some of them because I don't want the ink to fade. I love the look of like a very fresh and clean tattoo and the sun damages your tattoos like no other. And I they're usually covered really well with like sunscreen, but because I was at the pool for three hours, I did not reapply sunscreen and I can feel it like my arms feel hot and I just, I'm someone that is very, very adamant about sunscreen now and like I've had so many moles removed. I've had so many like sun damage, skin cancer type of scares and anxiety that like I just am not at the stage of my life anymore where I'm going to go lay out without sunscreen on and I'm I'm feeling anxious about how I spent my afternoon. Um, but that was pretty much my week. Nothing too crazy. Like I said, I've got so much coming up, like going up north for a weekend, going down to a lake house the following weekend, going to California the following weekend. And it's so fun. I just feel like I'm going to be packing and unpacking my life kind of a lot coming up. And then before I know it, like my next available open weekend right now is the last weekend of August. And that's going to make me so sad because then summer is over. But let's stop talking about that because that's too sad to think about and get into my daily non-negotiable must-haves. This episode is brought to you by Banish Skincare. I've been using Banish products for almost two years now and my skin is forever changed. Banish uses clean, fresh, natural ingredients that make your skin glow, clears up blemishes, reduces redness and aging. Not only that, but Banish has an at-home micro-needling treatment that has truly changed my skin and has brightened my face, reduced acne scars, and helped reduce acne in general. This is not just an ad to me, but I recommend Banish to everyone. 
It's the only skincare company I will use and have used for years. They have this awesome vitamin C moisturizer that I put on every night and every morning, an oil serum to use after microneedling that helps moisturize the face and reduce redness. There's also a mint cleanser that feels so good on your pores, a fresh pumpkin enzyme mask, and most recently released an awesome sunscreen moisturizer with 30 SPF. There is an anti-aging retinal serum as well that I love to use before bed. There's just so many products. And what's really awesome is you can get all of these products in a bundle that allows you to save money or you can purchase them individually. But no matter what, try out Banish today. I have an affiliate link in the description of this episode as well as a discount code for you. So use code Michaela 10 at checkout. That's Michaela 10 for 10% off. And I promise you, you won't regret it. Oh my gosh. I do not know what happened with my audio. If you listen to that ad halfway through, my mic like disconnected for some reason and it sounded like I was underwater. I guess I honestly should re-record that part, but you know what? Let's keep it real and let's keep it rolling. Um, The audio wasn't that bad, but yeah, I should honestly invest in a new microphone soon, but hopefully the audio sounds better now. Anyway, moving on, um, getting into my daily non-negotiables, I've made a list on my notes app, my best friend, I use this notes app for literally everything, like, you know, the TikTok trend, like, never go through a phone, a girl's notes app on her phone. I can't even post mine on TikTok because there's, like, so many. I don't even know which ones I'd share. They're also personal, but I've got a podcast one and I've got my list. Um, I tried to organize this list in order of like the day, starting with like the first things that I'd like to do down to the last. Some of these might seem like super straightforward too, but let's just get into them. So the first thing that I immediately do for like non-negotiables daily routine is I like immediately like get up and go straight to get ready in the bathroom. Like got to get dressed, brush my teeth, contacts. I know some people and I've gone through periods of time too where I would do this where you stay in your pajamas and like to like cozy up with coffee first or you don't want to put contacts in for like an hour. But I've learned that I just need to like get up and get ready so that I feel more put together and can really start my day. And then immediately once I'm done getting ready in the bathroom, I make my bed. Um, I just, again, self-explanatory, but I feel like I have to make my bed every single day. And all the statistics that they say about those that make their bed or how you feel, like it is true. Like I truly do feel so much better. Plus I cannot go to bed in an unmade bed. So even if it's like 10 p.m. and I hadn't made my bed yet, I have to make it before I get ready for bed and then go into bed. Um, even at like my partner Ashton's place, like if his bed isn't made, like I want him to make it before we get into bed because <laughs> it just, I don't like getting into an unmade bed. It just feels so dirty and messy. Even if the sheets are clean, like, I don't know. So make the bed right away and like throw on all the pillows. My room just feels so much cleaner as well. Like it looks messy with the bed unmade. And hey, like I spent a lot of my young 20s not believing this. I don't know when it switched. It might have been when I did like my big room makeover at age 25. But like I definitely did not grow up making my bed. I used to think it was so like, why? I'm just gonna take it apart tonight. But I get it now. Um, usually after this, I head downstairs and I immediately make green tea. I have had green tea every single morning since I was in high school before I was like 15, 16, maybe even freshman year because we had a ton of tea 
in the lunchroom at my high school and I don't know all the girlies we just would make tea every morning and it stuck so now like over 10 12 years since then I still have green tea every morning and I have Trader Joe's jasmine green tea because you can buy a huge pack of that for really cheap so I make a huge mug of green tea a little cup of coffee some days I definitely don't need it and can go without um but, you know, I like the taste of it. So I make my tea and coffee. And while my tea is being boiled and while my coffee is brewing, I shoot back a ginger shot. Um, if you've been watching my vlogs the last few months, you've seen a lot of content on this. Or even Instagram, I try to share it when I make the shots. But I've been making ginger shots at home since maybe, like, the middle of this last winter. I realized I, like, stopped taking ginger shots um and I like missed it or I noticed a difference with like my body and how like my um like bloating looked and all of that but I used to be very strict will take a ginger shot every single day when I was in my apartment um but I would buy them like I would buy huge packs of them but when it really came down to it each shot was about $4.99 $3.99 depending on where I went and when I was starting to cut back and be wiser with my money, um, I that was something I cut out. And I cannot justify buying a ginger shot now when I can buy all of the ingredients for about the same price as one shot. So I finally nailed my ginger shot recipe and it's got so many good things for you and it's so easy to make. You don't even need a juicer really. You just need a blender and like something to strain it. I use one of my tea strainers. Cheesecloths work really great. Like nothing fancy, no expensive equipment here, and it's fairly cheap to buy what you need. Obviously, ginger root, um, but ginger root is really cheap, and you can get a ton of it for not a lot of money. So um, I try to buy like as much as I can of it because I go through it so fast. Ginger root, um, I use coconut water as my base because it's creamier and there's so many good vitamins inside coconut water for you and I just don't get coconut or any of that anywhere else. So coconut water, I put in two cuties clementines, like the smaller clementines because some are big, but I just throw in two clementines um, and then a whole lemon and I find that it works best when you peel the lemon like an orange and just throw the whole thing in with the oranges so, and like a big lemon. Otherwise, you can use two or you can cut the recipe down. I don't know. Um, and then I have cayenne, pepper, turmeric, and then black pepper to activate the turmeric. Um, blend it all up. I just top it off so that the coconut water fills past all of those ingredients. And because you have the clementines in there, it's not sour. Like, um, the lemon is really evened out by everything and the coconut water helps it kind of not be as like gingery like obviously it'll taste like ginger but it's not hard to swallow it's not gonna be a hard shot to take um, and then if you're not vegan I sometimes will put like a little dollop of honey in the glass jars that I keep them in to add for sweetness um, and I usually can make like five or six off of that recipe, throw them in my fridge and I'm good for the week. And oh my gosh, it is just so yummy and so good for you. It helps with your digestive system. It helps with bloating. It helps activate your metabolism and your appetite for the day. 
Um, it gives, and like the oranges have so much vitamin C for you. There's vitamin D in the coconut water. Like it's so good for you. So I love to have a good ginger shot in the morning. Lately for breakfast, I have been on a chia seed pudding kick since again, like this winter, I guess. Um, and I make my chia seed pudding with coconut milk, um, just cause it's so creamy and really yummy. And then I have this vanilla granola from Target and then strawberries, fresh strawberries from my balcony's strawberry plant. It's been so fun. Um, and then, um, I always have two clementines a day. So uh, I put them on my counter and I usually eat them by like noon, but that's kind of like my breakfast and how I start my day. And then while I drink my tea and coffee, I usually start um, going through some emails, checking some DMs, and just seeing what has been going on social media-wise overnight. I do love having yoga of some sort, like yoga movement, stretching, ab workout. I could be better about doing this every single day, especially now that it's summer, but I need to do yoga at least once a day, whether that's at home, at a yoga class, whatever it is. Stretching, as like dumb as it sounds to say out loud, makes such a big difference and um, it really wakes up the body and you'd be surprised like how tight you actually are when you start to stretch and you're like, damn. Also, it like releases some sort of chemical from the brain. I can't remember which one it is, but it makes you feel productive afterwards. So usually after I spend like, if I don't know, I mean, I could spend hours on my yoga mat, but if I've got stuff to do, I can easily just do some top types of movement for like 15 to 30 minutes. Um, after that, I feel so much more productive to get stuff done. So yoga movement of some sort, even like a walk, that would be amazing. Um, this kind of ties into the next thing on my list that I have listed, and that is outdoor time. <laughs> I need to have outdoor time at least once a day. Like I am a houseplant or a cat. Like we need that sunshine. Um, and I typically will try to be productive with it. So I'll go outside on my balcony and get some work done, or I'll take my laptop into my hammock outside and reply to emails. I just need to be outside for at least an hour a day. Or, you know, lately, like I've been going to my pool lately, but I need to get some vitamin D throughout the day. Um, whether this is on my balcony in my hammock, at the pool, even on a walk. A walk would be so great. Um, oh, speaking of outside, I also water the plants every single morning and evening if it's super hot out, but like all of my plants that I have on my balcony, that's also part of my morning routine and like must-haves is I go through three gallon, three gallons of water to water everything outside, but I've got a lot of flowers in my flower beds. I've got aloes. I've got tomato plants and peppers and basil and strawberries, like I've said, and sweet potatoes. So there are a lot of plants that soak up a lot of sun throughout the day and I give them a nice watering in the morning and usually in the evenings if we've just had a super, super hot day. Um, I say I say good morning to my little frog that lives out on my balcony. I just saw him tonight when I was um, bringing in some pillows and furniture from outside because it's going to storm. He was having a nice chill afternoon on my couch outside, but he's such a cutie. Um, if you did not know, I have a frog that lives on my balcony. He lives in my aloe plant and he is like my favorite thing in the whole wide world. So, um, 
Next thing on my list I have listed is yoga class in the evening. I do love going to a yoga class in the evening. Obviously, I'm skipping over like the boring parts of my day, you know, like getting work done, being productive, running errands, whatever it is. But these are like the things that help me have a better day. And going to yoga in the evening helps a ton. Um, I usually shower after yoga when I come back. So I don't know. I kind of shower when I need to shower. So sometimes it's in the morning or the evening. I don't really have like a strict schedule with that. I know that some people are very like must shower in the night before like bed or whatever, but it just depends on my day. Obviously, you're like super sweaty and gross after a hot yoga class. So that shower after a yoga class always feels so good. And I come out feeling so productive again because I worked out. Um, And I always have an evening cleanup. Like after I finish, whether it is like editing in the evening, I usually do edit in the evening after yoga and showering and having like a late dinner, whatever it is, I I like to call it closing up shop. Like I'm going to close up shop. And that to me means doing a quick cleanup of my main level in my house, wiping down the kitchen counters, clearing the kitchen. Oh my gosh, nothing can be in my kitchen before bed. Like no dishes, like dishes need to be done counters are cleaned and wiped off. Um, I just tidy up the living room, put the couches back together, put all the pillows where they belong because I love walking down in the morning to a very clean house and having this every single day helps keep the house obviously like cleaner. Um, And sometimes I have people over like unexpectedly or I just don't have time to do a deep clean before having people at my place. So this helps me kind of stay accountable and keeps, keeps the house together basically. Um, and then heading upstairs, kind of the same thing, cleaning my room, cleaning the bathroom. I am pretty, I'm a pretty clean person as it is, unless my life is falling apart. And then it just like makes it feel even messier. But the house is usually pretty clean up, cleaned up. Um, I also really love to play a game of chess before bed. Um, I can't believe I got addicted to chess, but Ashton totally got me back into it because we use the app chess.com like no other. Um, so if you also play chess on chess.com, my username is McKayay on it, like M-A-K-A-Y-A-Y, um, because I was piggybacking off of my boyfriend's. He goes by Gruyere on everything, but it's like, yay, at the end, like Y-A-Y. So then I started doing that um, to copy him, and I think it's funny. But yeah, I love playing chess, and I think it's really relaxed. To me, playing a game of chess is like, oh, I'm winding down for the evening, um, and now I can like relax and do something enjoyable. Sometimes I play chess like when I'm watching Netflix, but if I really want to like up my score, I'll play it like for real before bed. And it makes me tired, like which helps because usually phone screen time has the opposite effect. But um, I like to play chess before bed and before bed in bed for a little bit. And um, yeah, if you're also on the app, add me as a friend and we can play a game. Um, I know it's not the healthiest thing to do before bed, but it is something that I kind of do as my daily routine is TikTok time. I try not to go on it throughout the day, but it is like that guilty pleasure like time in bed when I can just scroll on TikTok mindlessly. Um, And also reading. I do have read before bed on here because that is reading and journaling before bed. 
It doesn't happen every single night, but on the nights when it does, I feel so good, you know? And right now in summer, I am so, like, into what I'm reading that it helps me, obviously, want to read more before bed. I just finished a collection of poetry that I was reading before bed, too, last night, and that's something as well that I love to read in the evenings is poetry because sometimes it's just so hard to focus on a chapter or characters or like a novel before bed. It, it, the task feels a lot bigger, but if I'm reading poetry before bed, it's just like one or two pages. It's just a poem and I can choose like how long I'm going to read instead of feeling like I have to force myself to finish a chapter. So, I just finished this collection of poetry called If My Body Could Speak by Blythe, Bly, Bly, oh, I don't, I don't know how to pronounce her name, but it starts both her first and last name start with B's. It was published by Button Poetry, which is a Minneapolis publishing company, and un, unknowingly, the last collection of poetry that I read and purchased called Lord of the Butterflies was by the same company, so I thought that was kind of cool. But either way, I really love this collection of poetry, If My Body Could Speak. It's like, you know, a little bit to do with like diet culture and eating or like body perception, body image as like a girl growing up. Also to do with sexuality and your body there. Um, has to do with like how men or, you know, teenage boys throughout her life have, like, treated her body. It's just, like, anything to do with the female body, basically, going off of the title, If My Body Could Speak. Um, but it's really good, and I just love the way that she strings, word- strings words together. Like, it's beautiful in the most, like, simple way. Um, and it's not, like, milk and honey, like, that type of poetry. Like, it, this is like different. Uh, this is po- not saying that's not poetry because I know a lot of writers have very strong opinions about Rupi um, Kapar, and I think that's her name. I'm so sorry if I said it wrong. Um, and her poetry in Milk and Honey because it's just like really, really, it's like some people have like said it's like reading Dr. Seuss. Um, I think all writing, like a poem is a poem, but I do understand that poetry there's a lot more to it sometimes. I don't know. I think it's beautiful. It's not like my style necessarily. Like I love dissecting a poem and I love like when it's following a structure or not necessarily like couplets and sonnets from like Shakespearean time, but there's a lot of like limericks or um, villain... villainettes Is that what it is? Villainette. I keep wanting to say vinegar, right? But it's not... Um, And, like, different, like, types of poems that follow these structural rules that turn out really lovely. Um, So, yeah, I'm a little bit of a poetry geek, but that was my college capstone project was poetry, and I am a published poet, so I don't know. I, I enjoy poetry a lot, and reading before bed, I think it's just like sometimes easier to have like a poetry book to read before bed and then like a pool book to read. That's a bit more of like um, like a palate cleanser. Like if I'm going to read Colleen Hoover, it's going to be at the pool or like when I don't need to think. Um, but right. Should I just get into what I'm reading before? Like now, since I'm already talking about it, can I go off go off script here? Um, but right now I'm just starting Carrie Soto is Back by Taylor Jenkins Reid. 
And to me, that is like my pool read. That's my outdoor time (laughs) book that I'm reading because, I mean, there is substance to it. But to me, that's still like a summary, light, fictional novel to read. Um, But I'm really excited to kind of get lost in that book. I just finished The Maid by Nita Nita Prose for my book club, and it was so cute. It was so good. I don't know if I talked about this last week or if I had finished it by the time I recorded the podcast, so I don't want to be redundant if I already talked about it, but it was just such a classic, like, whodunit mystery. Um, The author in the back of the book talks about how she wanted it to kind of feel like the game Clue, and that's exactly how you feel with all these traditional characters, you know, with, like, the hotel manager and like the the maid obviously and um yeah it's I don't want to give anything away but it's it was good it was a very like quick read like you can get through it pretty quickly I read it in like two and a half days I did feel the pressure of a deadline because it was for book club but that helped me stay accountable and read it more and if you've watched only murderers in the building on Hulu I kept hearing like the theme song of that show while I was reading this book. It had kind of like the same quirky vibe to it. And I guess the book has been like signed to become a film, like a movie. So that's really exciting because it would make a really good movie. And I'm really excited to watch that someday. Um, But last night at book club, we picked Did You Hear About Kitty Carr as our next book to read? I don't know much about it. I just know that people have kind of compared it to The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, which to me is top. Like, nothing can compare. That is number one in in all the books I've read. So, um, I'm really excited to kind of check out what that book is about. I just ordered it off of Amazon yesterday, so it should be here slightly soon. Um, but yeah, as for books, like, that's what I am reading. And I think because I'm in book club and like outside more, I'm starting to pick up the pace and read books faster, which is great. But those were um, my kind of like my daily non-negotiable must-haves, part of my daily routine that I love to integrate and make sure that I do throughout my day to make sure that I have the best day that I can have. So I hope that like inspired you or helped think of some like daily routines. And I'm telling you, like I'm not the best at some of these like routines that people talk about in like YouTube vlogs and whatever, like the girlies that get up super early in the morning. Um, I wish, and I've gone through periods of time where I could Right now, it is challenging for me to get up early. I just feel like um, an unconscious like brick. And no matter what I do, I just cannot wake up until a certain time. But um, I know it can be really challenging. And there are parts that are harder than others. But if I can just try to do as many of these things per day, I know it's going to benefit me. Um, but I would love to hear some of yours. If you have some things on your list, shoot me a message, um, comment on something. I'd love to hear it. Um However, let's move on to TV shows and movies. I've already talked about books, but at the end of my podcast episodes, I do love to chat about what I've watched that week, what I've read, um, and I always find inspiration. Like, this is something in other podcasts that I listen to that I enjoy listening to because it kind of, like, helps me think of new things to watch. It's always such a struggle come the weekend trying to decide what to watch with Ashton if we don't already have something in mind that we've wanted to watch. Um, 
but I feel like I've got a handful of good ones this week, so definitely take some notes. Uh, The first thing that we watched this weekend was Athlete A. So that is a documentary that came out in, I believe, like 2020 about Larry Nasser, who was the um, women's gymnastics medical doctor, examiner, I guess I don't know his actual title, um, who was abusing these athletes since at least like the 90s over two decades. And the first girl reported him in 1997 and just got completely dismissed. Some girls here and there reported to their coaches that he like touched them or I don't want to like say too much because I honestly don't know about like monetization rules here, but it was gross, beyond gross, what he would do to these young athletes who most of them were still like developing teenagers. And most of them, this was unfortunately like their first sexual experiences so they just like didn't know what was okay and like when you're working on these private teams and like you have all these adults around you telling you that he's like the best this one this one girl was talking about how during her exam her mom was like in the room and like Larry just like positioned himself in a way where her mom couldn't see what he was doing with his hands while he was, like, I don't know, doing God knows what to these athletes with, like, their muscles or joints or whatever. But, like, I can't, I, like, I couldn't imagine, like, how confusing that could be because your mom is right there. So, you're thinking, okay, it can't be that bad. Like, she's, like, what he's doing and you don't know because you're still a child and it's just, like, so sad. Um, Um, And a lot of these girls, you know, asked the other girls, like, hey, like, does he do this to you during your, like, medical exams? Um, Because because they're trying to see if it's normal. And then other girls say, yeah, he does. So then you feel like, okay, like, it it might just, maybe it actually is one of his um, exercises. I think he called it an exercise or something. But no, it was abuse. And I don't want to get too graphic here. Like, I'll, I could say it in person, but, you know, I'm always worried with, like, monetized platforms and whatnot. I don't want to say anything that's too um, inappropriate for the platform or triggering. But, oh my god, some of these things that he did is just... I mean, I would watch it. I, it's on Netflix at the moment. I'm sure it, it might be on other platforms as well. I'm not sure if it's, like, a specific Netflix documentary itself, but... Um, it's very, very sad and, um, it's just awful how the girls that were even brave enough to try to report him got so dismissed because there were so many grosser adults and higher ups that just did not give a crap about these athletes. Um, and a lot of them have been charged now for knowing that the abuse was going on and not doing anything about it, which is good. Um, but yeah, protecting athletes just was never a priority and it's so sad because they just they failed all these young girls and um you hear all of these stories and like I think over like hundreds of people have admitted that they were a victim of him at some point throughout their gymnastics career and it's oh it's just so icky hearing what he did and how oh my god it's like some is like worse than you could imagine for like just being a medical exam and like yeah icky 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 and like this one girl literally got shunned from her team basically for speaking up about it and she like didn't make a certain team because she reported him 
it's just awful. Um, so we watched that. And the reason I wanted to watch it too is because recently I saw Larry Nasser's name in some headlines. I don't want to give that away either in case you want to look it up yourself or watch the documentary first and then find out. But I kept seeing it on TikTok, so I wanted to go back and watch the documentary. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it, it was hard to watch um, and like hear all that, but it was good. And then after that, Ashton and I watched Take Care of Maya, which is another documentary on Netflix. And we honestly thought this was going to be like a, an okay documentary just to like put on to fall asleep to and like go to bed. Um, but halfway through, I like literally sat up on the couch and kept watching so much better than what like the description is of it because I've seen it on Netflix being advertised to me for a few weeks now, but I never really thought it was going to be, it didn't look good. Like the, the description of it was so plain that you just don't really understand how good it actually is. But that documentary actually like broke me. It makes you so angry and so sad and it makes you want to Google all of these things. Um, but it's basically, and again, I feel like it was more gripping to watch too because I went into it so blindly, like not really knowing. So I don't even want to say too much about it. Um, but it is basically like a medical case that just shows how badly a hospital failed this family. And it's not just this one family, like this happens to so many people and they highlight a lot of different cases afterwards and it just kind of shows like when the system does fail and like how heartless some people can be. And it's so shocking because some of these people that were such villains are still in practice today working with other families, probably doing the same thing. And it is sad um, because there was so much like legal stuff going on at the time. There is a lot documented, thank God, from the mother of the patient and she recorded everything. She took so many videos. So what made it so hard to watch is that it was all like primary sources, basically. Like it's all real footage and I don't want to give away like the big turning point of the documentary, but when it happened, we had the audio of that we had the footage of what came after. Like, we saw it firsthand and that's what made me sob. Like, it's not just someone sitting for an interview telling you. It is. Like, they have those clips as well, but you see it. And that was so difficult. Um, I have not cried harder from a documentary in so long. I can't even think of one that made me sob this hard, but it is get ready. Like it is heavy, but I would, I mean, watch it at the same time. Um, yeah. And this whole time Ashton is like asleep on the couch because this was the movie we picked to fall asleep to. And I was just broken, <laughs> like staying up in bed, like thinking about this film and like on Twitter and Google and Instagram and everything. Cause it's just, it makes you so mad. And I hope that they sue the hospital for so much more than what they settled at eventually. And I hope there are so many more people that are like charged or held accountable. Like this is, oh, it makes you mad. It makes you so, so, so mad. Um, yeah, I guess this was kind of a heavy documentary weekend because the third thing that we watched the next night 
I forget the actual name of it, but it's the documentary on that one volcano that erupted a few years ago. It's on Netflix. I think the documentary just came out or my algorithm just recently decided to feed it to me. But um, I think volcano is like in the name of the documentary. So if you just Netflix search volcano, it should show up under docs. But um, it's about the eruption of this volcano. Surprise, surprise. Um that happened in 2019, um, and it's all of the survivors' stories about it. It was really sad to watch. Again, this one made me cry, um, but I think it was New Zealand. Um, there's this one small island that they offered like tourist volcano tours for, where you can take a boat. It's about an hour and a half boat ride to this island, and you can hike up with a tour guide, look at the opening of the volcano, and hike down, take the boat back. Um, I guess it was, like, always advertised as being, like, super safe and scenic, Um, but this one day, there were people on the island. There were touring. It's not, like, a livable island. No one lives on it, but they visited it, Um, and people were there on the island on these tours and it erupted and it was very sad. I don't want to give away too many details, but obviously there were some survivors and there were some who didn't make it. And it's just one of those stories where the survivors all thought they were going to die and went into survival mode, literally. And this one boy like literally ran as fast as he could down the hike back to the ocean and he held his breath. He just jumped in and stayed in the water as long as he could while the eruption was going on. And the eruption lasted for like two and a half minutes. People talk about what it felt like um, being burned all the way through their clothing and saying how like, I have never felt anything hotter, like being burned all the way through all my layers. Like you just don't even, oh, it's so, and the smell, um, and all the survivors were, like, showing their scars and, like, burns afterwards. And it's just so sad. This one couple, um, I guess this isn't, like, a big spoiler, but it's something I guess I would tell people about watching it. This one couple went to their honeymoon here and the husband, his whole arm is, like, burned up, like, completely, completely burned Um, Oh, people, like, literally said that afterwards when they were, like, trying to be rescued, their skin was just falling off. Like, oh, I cannot imagine how painful. But his arm, basically, there is one perfect spot on his wrist where his skin was not burned and is not touched. And it's the spot where his wife held his arm the whole, like, sprint away from there. And she places her hand, like, over that spot. And you can see, like, the matching burns on her hand that, like, follow So that was like a cute, like a sad, cute thing. But that movie was really good, really sad. Um, And now, I mean, I don't know. It's just one of those things where you just never think it's going to happen and then it happens. But it was good. Um, Manifest. As you know, I've been watching Manifest the last few months and I love it. It is such a good like guilty show just to to have on, to have that like show, that go-to show when you're like, eating dinner or need something to watch just to throw on like manifest is great I've I've made it to season four so I am getting closer to the end which makes me so sad but honestly I don't know if this is a shared opinion if you've also watched manifest but 
I feel like they kind of went away from the original plot. Like the show, I mean, there are some parts now, season four, where I'm like, what are you doing? Like, where is this going? Kind of like, you know, with Pretty Little Liars, how by the end, it's like, what even is this show anymore? That's how I'm starting to feel with Manifest. It's good, but like the decisions that they've made for some of these characters, like the the plot lines and like where it's going, I'm like, what? So I do feel like it's it's gone it's gone a little off the deep end, but um yeah, I'm like I'm in it though. Like I am deep in that world. Um and that's it for TV shows and movies, I guess, cuz yeah, if, I mean that's what I've watched with Ashton over the weekend and my TV show that I watched during the week is Manifest. I already talked about the books, so I don't have any of that to say, but podcast-wise, I will say I started listening to the H3 podcast like I know me and like millions of other people, um, but I I wanted to listen to the Colleen Ballinger episodes that they talk about. They have the Colleen Ballinger podcast and then they talk about, you know, the apology song and Colleen Ballinger's lawyer sent a cease and desist to H3 and they like tried to copyright them. So I just wanted to tune in for the tea. But the podcast is like four hours long, so it's actually really good just to have on because I'm definitely somebody that like likes having a podcast on throughout the day. I don't know. I feel like I've just got company. I like the background noise. I like the conversation. And I guess I've never really talked about the podcasts that I listen to. So why not give you a little podcast update with that? My go-to shows now. Okay. Back in Vine and early YouTube days, I was a really big fan of the Vlog Squad. Specifically within it, like, I fell in love with Carly and Aaron. I love their humor. I love their style and, like, everything they chat about. So I still support them. And around 2020, when all the allegations and, like, everything was coming out about David Dobrik and Jeff and, like, everything that's happened, Carly and Aaron really distanced themselves. Like, they're not in the vlog squad, and they've said some things about the group, too. Like, I don't really support or watch David or Jason or anything on that front, but um, also, like, there's so much tea with um, how, like, Zane and Heath, um, was it both of them or just Heath? or Zane. They, like, didn't go to Aaron's wedding because they refused to get a COVID test. And at first, it was her just simply, well, first it was everyone needs to be vaccinated, but then some of her friends are against um, the COVID vaccine. So she was like, fine, just, like, take a test. And he wouldn't even take a COVID test to go. And so he missed her wedding. And, like, his girlfriend, Mariah, used to, like, she was going to be in the wedding. So... Um, I, there's like a lot, I guess they don't talk to like some people in the group anymore, obviously, but Carly and Aaron have a podcast. I'm getting so off track. Their podcast only friends love, love it so much. And I just like do feel like I'm just chatting with them. They are the creators that like I would watch an hour long vlog of like driving with Carly and Aaron from like, when was that? 2014, 2015. Loved it. They're so funny. Back when like, their vlogs used to be so funny and unhinged back before they kind of became more structured YouTubers. Like, they used to mock the clickbait titles. So then every single title, no matter what the title was, they just ended it in all caps with, and then we died. Because that was the era of, like, sky, like, 
I'm trying to think of an example where like everyone that did vlogs would just title everything in all caps very dramatically being like water park death or like went to a water park and then we died. (laughs) So no matter what Carly and Aaron's vlog was titled, it was always and then we died. Loved it. Um, So I listened to their podcast, Only Friends, and then I also listened to the podcast that they do with Mike and... um, Mike and Matt. I could not think of... Why did I... Oh my gosh. I don't know. Matt King and Mike... Mike Sheffer um, called Good Influences, which is so like comforting. I love the dynamic between them all. Um, And it's... They're so funny. Like I didn't even realize for one of the episodes I was listening to them talk about applesauce for like 20 minutes and you would think that'd be so boring but it's just so funny. It's like hearing a group of friends just talk but like a really good group of friends. I don't know. I can't describe it but they go through different topics and I love listening to that once a week. Um, I also listen to Mile Higher with Kendall Ray and her husband Josh. Um, they cover a lot of like the unexplained crime mysteries, serious topics, um, but they're just really good at, like, covering these serious, like, cases, basically, and they'll have, like, guests on if it is, like, a crime case, someone going on, like, part of the case, or, like, um, someone that specializes in something about, like, aliens or something. Can you hear Marnie sneezing in the background? Because that's what that is, but she sneezed, like, three times. Um, They just had an episode on the submersible, the Titanic submersible. Um, So, of course, I had to listen to that. But um, theirs is good, but it's, like, a very different... It's very serious compared to what I usually listen to. So, sometimes I can be kind of boring depending on my mood. And then um, I'm subscribed to Pretty Basic, but I feel like I have to be in the mood to really listen to it because they're so upbeat that it's exhausting sometimes. Um, I love both of them, like Alicia and Remy, but I, I sometimes I'm just too tired. <laughs> they have really good episodes, though, on, like, creator, like, um, brand deals um, and, like, just influencer things. So I do like to listen to those because specifically Alicia, I feel like, is really good at talking about that. And I've learned a lot from her podcasts on, like, how to get brand deals or working with brands or, like, YouTube tips and stuff. So she is a creator that I trust a lot because she's been doing it for so long and she obviously is really good at what she does. Um, I'm trying to think. I feel like there are other podcasts that I listen to, but I'm subscribed to a lot of old ones that don't exist anymore. But yeah, I mean, I guess that's it. I do also listen to my own podcast just one way through. When people would say that, like, when Alicia and Remy would talk about that in Pretty Basic on how they listened to the podcast episode. I always thought it was weird because I'm like, why? Like, you recorded it. Like, why would you listen to it back? But I do listen to each episode the day that it comes out just to make sure that everything sounds good and everything went clearly and whatever, like, just as like a little check. Um, And again, just to like support myself and give myself a listen. It's also, I feel like, that same feeling of when somebody new follows you on Instagram or Facebook and then you have to, like, go to your profile and look at your own page as if you're that person to see what they see. Like, when my podcast episodes go live, I feel like I have to listen to it like I'm a listener just to see how you guys listen to it. I don't know, but... That is uh, everything that I wanted to chat about today. I hope you enjoyed. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. 
and I'll chat with you guys next week. Bye.